Before I leave you to enjoy the episode, I'm going to ask you for a very small favor. Please tell your friends about the show and help me help as many men as possible with their mental health. Now, I know they might not be able to speak up or ask for help, but maybe, just maybe, by listening to these remarkable stories, something will resonate with them. I truly appreciate your support on this, and thank you for listening. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Don't Be a Man About It. Today, my guest, Tom Kreffer, an author, and we're here today to talk about the struggles of a new dad. Tom Kreffer, hi, and thank you for coming to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. So, Tom, before we dig in, because I do know that you have a very interesting story to share as a dad, I'm interested to know, how is your heart doing today? My heart is, is uh, my house is, is doing okay. Yeah, we, we got some news in the UK last night about uh, the road to exiting our third lockdown. So everyone's feeling pretty positive about that. We've got a roadmap. Yeah. It looks like we can start seeing our mates and having a few beers uh, by, before the summer's out. <laughs> Yay, that is good news. I'm happy for you. Good. That's good. So, Tom, Dear Dory is the name of your first book. It is. And it talks about the struggles of a new dad, or tell us more about it. Well, Dear Dory is what I would describe as a complete fluke. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was about a third of the way through writing my first book before I even realized I'd, I'd written a book. That's, that's the truth of it. So I'll, I'll back up and, and give, you, give, you, give you the story for the context. So me and my partner were trying to start a family. And it wasn't going well for us. We'd, we'd been sort of trying for almost two years. And then we started down the medical route to try and find out if there were any problems. So we had various tests. And the upshot of that was that we probably weren't going to be able to conceive naturally. Doctor said the chances were about 1%. And the reason for that was they found, they found a few issues with my partner. Um, and they, they just said it's, it's, it's not going to happen. She needed to go in for surgery to have one, possibly both fallopian tubes removed. And they'd also put us on a, a waiting list for IVF. So all, all of that happened in the sort of two years without success, the medical appointments and the news they delivered. That sort of painted a picture of optimism in terms of uh, becoming a dad for me. Yeah. So emotionally, I've written it off, to be honest. I, I got to a point where I just thought, you know what, it's probably not going to happen. And I started to think of my life as, as someone who probably wouldn't be a parent. And then two weeks after we got the news, we had that meeting with, with doctors who said it's not going to happen. My partner started complaining of pain and there were signs that she could be pregnant. And she was two weeks after we were told all that news that we wouldn't be parents. Um, yeah, she was pregnant. and that, that just blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. I didn't really know how to, deal with that news so I started writing in a journal uh, journaling is, has been sort of part of my life for a number of years now I, I used I think there's a lot of value in journaling but I, I never really use I don't really use it to write let's let's go talk talk sort of emotions and feelings I, I normally use it to write down ideas or track habits and, and bits and pieces like that but I, I took it out that day and started writing about the feelings of becoming a parent 
And then I did that the next day. And then I did it the day after. And about a week into the process, I thought, huh, there's, there's a lot to say. There's a, not only is there a lot to say, but this is a useful exercise for me, a really useful exercise as to helping me prepare for my role as a parent. And then I thought, well, I'll just do this every day up until the birth. And I thought I might even have a book. Um, but it wasn't until much later in the process that I decided to publish it and actually put it on sale so, so people could, um, could take a look at what happened to us. I, I am not a parent, but I can only imagine the, the amount of frustration and the pain and all of these emotional roller coasters that a parent-to-be can go through by just waiting to have um, a baby. I, I do have a friend, she has been trying with her husband to get pregnant and it's been a lot of years. So I know how it could look like for new parents. So I'm so happy for you that you got um, the good news um, and it worked out for you. I'm, I'm so happy for you. So Tom, no one educates men on how to be dads. They don't. No, there's no, there's Usually, no guidebook. A, a woman would have that talk with her mother, with her friends, with her, I don't know, um, from books, from shows, but no one does that for men. So when the baby comes, or even when the, um, their wives get pregnant, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to deal with it. All of those unexpected emotions like anxiety or stress or after giving birth, the postpartum depression for men, because all of a sudden they're sleeping deprived, they're sleep deprived, they don't know what to do with the baby, they don't know what to do with their wives. So I'm pretty sure you have a lot of experience in that area. Um, tell us more about your experience and then we'll take it from there. Well, when, when I started journaling, it, I said that it was it was a good tool for me emotionally. It, it was because it, it forced me to reflect on my situation of what was about to happen. And I spent hours and hours thinking how I was going to position myself going into fatherhood. Mm. Now, I, my dad is not around and has never been around. Um, I, I don't know my dad. So I didn't have that experience. I, I couldn't go to him and sort of reflect on, on my relationship with my father because there wasn't one so I couldn't learn from that so that but then at the same time I turned that on the head and I thought well I can still reflect on everything that I think I do right in my life and, and everything I've done wrong in my life I can I can still think about what what skills what life lessons I want to impart onto onto my child and then the, the other thing I thought of is I thought of what I started looking at where where I was most worried what my biggest fears were going in into parenthood and one of them was actually lack of sleep. As silly as that is with, with my partner sort of going through all the, all the pregnancy and the labor and, and, and all that uh, trauma with the birth and everything, mine was sleep. And the reason sleep was a big fear of mine was because I, like everyone else on the planet, uh, when you're tired, you're not, is it your best? And I, I thought that would impact my ability to, to be a parent. And I knew that that's with the sort of baby newborn baby stage that they're up with that that's a critical period so I, I figured how how could I address that and in the UK in 2015 our, our government released a, a new scheme where you can actually the, the men can share the maternity leave from from the mums really? which they can yeah it's, it's a new scheme and it's not very popular 
admittedly that's probably because the the process on the government website is is just horrendous it i read it had to read it about eight times to, to get my head around it but it, it is something that is available for other dads in the uk and it's something that i i took advantage of something so i had four months off it was it was great i, I took four months off at the start and i i just I felt that that would that would help me get to grips with parenthood. Um, it would just give me more time at home. It would help alleviate the fear of not sleeping at night, um, having to go to work during the day, and then trying to fit in being a, a partner and a parent and, and all the other pillars of life that you try and pay attention to, um, and, and things like that. So that there was there was a couple of decisions there that sort of how, how my thinking into parenthood went prior to when the baby was here. And then I suppose we can talk about like the first few days or the first first few weeks because how, how how I approach parenthood because another thing that I like to do with journaling is daily reflection daily reflection on how your day's gone um, what what could what you have done better what 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 went well things like that um, I use it for gratitude and things like that. so I did the same with parenthood really every, every day we would just we would take it one day at a time and we would just reflect on the day. And we would try and learn from that. And if we we could make it through the morning, then we could make it through the afternoon. And if we could make it through the day, then we could make it through the night. And that, that is that is how we approached it. We, we put systems in place, silly little things like in, in the morning, one of the first jobs would be to sterilize the bottles. Uh, and so the, the chores around, we sort of built chores and, and, and the jobs around looking after the baby as part of our routine. And the good thing about it was because I took the time off, it felt like, it was sort of me and my partner could really attack it together as a team, as opposed to me go off to work and come back and moan because I'm tired and her moan because she's been with the baby all day, which is a scenario, you, I, I, I don't know what it's like for, for where you are, but in the UK, I see it all the time, all the time. Um, the women stuck at home with a baby. And, and I, I, I know from experience that I can, I know what's that like, both for people being stuck at home with the baby and people going to work all day. Um, so I, I, feel, I feel like that was something I'd, I'd recommend it to, to other parents. I, I think now with... To take some the, time off. I, I think so. I, I think the role of something, something I still haven't really figured out in my thinking is just what the expectations of a father are these days. If I speak to my father's dad, he, he, he'd never changed a nappy, uh, nor was he expected to. He wasn't at the hospital when mm -hmm. his kids were born. And I've spoken to lots of other sort of males from his generation he's, he's in his 60s and it was the same and I, I just think there's a bit of a shift in the expectations is, of, 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 and I don't think everyone really knows what that is mm. I think that's quite uncertain territory um, the, the good thing is that I see lots more dads they, they want to be hands-on they, they want to be a lot more hands-on with the baby and 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 so that that that's great but all this change is still sort of layered on top of a world where we're already undergoing you know technological change and cultural changes at an astronomical pace and then you put fatherhood on top of that yeah. that's a tricky environment to try and navigate I, I i think what i'm trying to 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 think of is men are by nature problem solvers yeah so how is it how could men accept that this situation is really not something that you could fix 
by saying that, I mean, a baby when um, he keeps on crying all the time, this is not something to fix. It's rather something to find a way to deal with because it's going to, to be on a daily basis for months. Or when your wife um, gets, I don't know, hormonal changes, mood swings, uh, sleep deprivation, how could you deal with that as a man without jumping into this? There's a problem. I, I want to solve it. Yeah, that, that's, that's a t- I'm very much like that. I, I love a problem to solve. I like reflecting on it. I like coming up with a plan of how I'm going to solve it. <laughs> I, I, I do. Um, it, it, it's a tricky one. So I, I can give thoughts on, on my own situation. Obviously, all babies are different. Uh, for example, my experience of the first year of parenthood, um, our, our little boy, he, he was quite a good sleeper as, as far as babies go. Uh, which was good but then he he gave us a few we've had quite a lot of medical ups and downs with him um so we've had our own challenges else elsewhere um at, at one point we we thought he might go blind in one eye that that turned out not to happen he's 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 fine but uh, we we had sort of some challenges to, to go through um but so in, in terms of have taken a toll on you and your wife it it, it does yeah god it, it if, so if, if we more okay. about that how yes what the, uh again journaling is so I, i'll keep banging on about journaling because it is it's such a good tool to reflect but it, linking what you've just asked also to um like when you're trying when we're trying to start a baby start a family sorry like some things in life you are completely within your control even if they're difficult to attain uh, you can achieve them if you just do the work and do the planning and, and, and put the effort in but some things just are completely outside of your control and sometimes people are quite good at accepting that like an example for me could be covid covid's a great one because we're all we've all got shared experience in in, in the virus um and so for, for me when the the prime minister said right you're all in lockdown that was quite an easy one for me to accept because it's like right I can, there's nothing i can do about it that is what it is we, i can't i don't have any impact on on the virus um i'll just get on with it bit different when you have those types of scenarios though when it's with your children mm. that becomes inc- so with with um with with my boy his, his name's arlo I, I i try not to always name him because i've got a, a second book coming out that's got his name and in dear dory um i never released the um the gender but it, it's been out for months now and, and i'm about to start promotion on another book so it's, I, i'll have to just say that he's it, we've got a boy and his his name's arlo so when he was born he there was i noticed this cloudy film above uh, on his left eye and no one showed any interest in at all he passed all the the site tests i i kept i tell doctors i told all the the midwives i I told all the the healthcare specialists that come to check on him in in sort of the first few weeks of his life no one showed any interest we only managed to get a referral because a friend of ours is an optician and she took a look and she said you need to get a referral from a doctor to go see a specialist we did that and within a few minutes he was diagnosed with having congenital cataracts in that eye and that that was just that was just mind blowing to, to us because we we just it's it's really hard to explain. But when you're given sort of bad news and it's bad news about your child, it, it is like a just being shot in the face. It, it's it's a, a tough emotional blow. To, uh, and you, of course you're you're trying to make sense of what you're being told uh, so you can ask the right questions and be informed. But it's 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 a challenge. That was a challenging day as as parents. Um, but it it. 
that that experience although that was quite what is that is he okay now so it turns out he was misdiagnosed after all that which was i'll tell tell the quick story if you you want to hear it so congenital cataracts is you hear of cataracts particularly in the elderly and it's something that can be fixed um, from surgery it's very different with babies because they're they're still growing their eyes are still growing so any corrective action you take at birth will be undone because they're growing in their eyes getting bigger so it it's a is a bit bit of a, a long road to recovery um, involving glasses and eye patches and sometimes multiple surgeries so we we were sort of trying to prepare what a life would look like having to go to hospital appointments uh, regularly you know, he was gonna have to have contact lenses we were trying to work out how you put a, a few month old baby in a pair of glasses and expect him to be okay with that and, and so we were going through all, all of that and when we took him in for surgery, again, another horrible, horrible experience, handing your baby over to the medical team to be put under a general anaesthetic. Um, that, that was, that was a, a, a tough one as parents. A, again, completely out of your control. There's nothing you can do, nothing you can research, no steps you can take. You, you, you're completely dependent on the medical team. Very, very difficult as parents, sympathize with any other parents out in the world that have had to sort of go through that. But then about an hour later, we, we got called into theatre and he was fine he was he was laughing and I didn't see any plasters and there was no bandages and it turned out they'd misdiagnosed him he he does have a, a, an issue with his eye it's just not a serious yeah. it's not a serious at all so he he's escaped surgery and everything like that uh, he has to wear an eye patch throughout the day and he wears glasses uh, and he looks adorable and we get stopped all the time in the street because people want to look at him and, and they tell tell him that he's a cute baby in glasses. So he's basically turned a small weakness into a big asset that I think he'll leverage um, certainly throughout the rest of his childhood. And that's, yeah, that's 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 what happened on that one. I can't, I can't even remember well, where we started off. Well, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm happy for your... It seems when I'm hearing your story, it seems like you have lived a lot of... Ex- extreme moods or extreme situations where you're either being told something really bad is going to happen or something really good is happening so that that pretty much sums up parenthood so far for us since trying to start a family to where we are right now yeah that's a that's a good good sum up and this brings a lot of tension and anxiety and what do we do what can we do so how did you and your wife so I know that you went to journaling but in action or in teaming up with your wife how did you get through this without breaking the bond between you two especially that when a woman is pregnant she needs more care and attention but at the same time men also need to take care of themselves so how did you create that balance and kept things really in a good place emotionally emotionally we, we just talk daily you, you, you talk talk together yeah i mean one one of the the i don't want to use the word good things about the situation but it we had a shared interest in our child's well-being in arlo's well-being so we were never at odds about how we approached it. I guess we, we had certain decisions to make about whether he was going to go in for surgery. Yeah. Um, so that could have that could have created some friction, um, both friction born out of a place of love. We, we only want the, the best for him, but there may have been disagreements. But in, in terms of how, how we deal emotionally, it's, 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 it's as simple as talking. That, that's, there's nothing 
more to it complex than that. We just we just talk every day. Um, when we got the news, when we thought he had the congenital cataracts, that that was a rough day. Um, yeah. I I wrote down I wrote down a list of reasons to help us get through it, and then I just we we just spoke about it. I just sent her a message, and one of the, the main ones was we were told we'd never have kids. And I said to her, if if a genie came to us and said, look, you can't have kids, but I'll give you Arlo, but he's going to have congenital cataracts, what what would your decision be? Would you would you say yes to the genie or so no? And we both said we'd say yes. We if we if we had the choice, if it meant we could have him and, and he'd have to go through that, we would still say yes. So that that was an exercise that we did quite early on. It's, it's still it was still a very unpleasant situation to be in, but that was something that helped us as a, as a couple to to get through through that time. And what what we do now as parents is uh, it, it, again we we try and talk. We we try and we actually as a, a this is a great thing to do. I think in as a relationship system. We, we schedule time in almost like a, you would a meeting at work uh, once a week. This is really, really important. You treat it as a meeting at work. Um, and in it, we, we look at our finances for the month. Or we sometimes will look at meal plan, um, really boring, chore stuff. But also what we do and why something like this is really effective is we also use it as a platform to get off anything uh, anything that's on our chest, anything that's um, causing us a bit of anxiety uh, about each other. Um, and the reason this is really good is because it, it stops you from letting things build up and then just sort of flying off the handle when a trigger point's been hit. Instead, you've got a platform and we try and keep this in. It's not always at the same time, but we, we try and make sure it's weekly. Um, and then you've got that system in place. We both commit to going in and, and being honest. And quite often we're, we're both calm. We're not we haven't had any of our sort of emotional triggers held, which can lead to arguments and things like that. So we use that time when we're both calm to have the difficult conversations. And we, we do that uh, about our relationship and, and about Arlo, um, just about what he's up to. If, if, um, if we need to change the toys around or where he is developmentally, or at the moment he's, he's just, he's just coming into his toddler year. So um, he's, he's learned the word no and more. So he, he is starting to be a bit naughty. So we, we have discussions about how we're going to address certain things, a, a silly thing. Like uh, he keeps pulling off the cushions. I think it's quite funny. Um, my partner hates it. So we're having to talk about discipline and things like that. So it's, it, that, that having that time in is, is mm. I think really good. Um, it's, it's so important for your mental health to have those conversations and, and to practice having those conversations with your partner. I, I think it has a direct knock on impact uh, to parenthood because if mum and dad are getting on great, then the environment's great for, for the children. So I think it's, it's probably one of the most vital things we do in our relationship, but it, it also ha hinges on sort of how we parent as well, I think. Well, I really like that. I, 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 I truly believe that communication is the key to everything, but what comes with communication is the comprehension of what's being communicated. And I, I, I can see that you have already created the perfect system to 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 do that i uh hats off i like that we, we we try i mean look no no relationship is perfect we still uh get on we, we annoy each other um, i know i irritate her she irritates me that's fine but we, we try and put these little safety blankets in place and i do think it the, the other thing i think more so now that i'm a father is i have an obligation to make sure my relationship is healthy 
so that the environment is healthy that does have a knock-on impact into parenthood so i like that i like having that onus i like feeling that accountability that um the health of my relationship has a knock-on impact to to, to my kids and, and, and how how they grow and develop so again it's, it's like a nice little emotional safety blanket yeah. that just it, it just prompts me to try and take care of those areas in my life I'm not perfect, definitely not, but I, I try and pay attention to that. And I think just having the awareness and, and just committing to paying attention, I, I think I think is is um, you could be doing a lot worse. You're doing your best, and that's more than enough. Um, Tom, what would what are the things that you wish you knew before about being a father that could have saved you a lot of trouble? I suppose when, when um, before before the birth, I tried to again. You you mentioned about men being problem solvers. I I did try and solve for everything. I tried to think of everything that I could do to make life as easy as possible. Given that we're about to have a newborn baby, mm-hmm. um, you can't really do that. You you can try, <laughs> but you. this is a cliche and you got you is a massive cliche and and people will tell you this all the time but the babies they're they're all different they're they're all their own little people even if they're a a few days hours old Uh, for instance when when arlo was born he was so chilled that the midwives had to take him back off us just to check him over because he he did sort of he did one sharp cry and then and then he was just silent and he was chilled and they were like okay we're just we're just going to take him back uh, and, and that ended up being a big part of his personality because uh, with some of the, he, he was quite a good sleeper. Um, he's not so much anymore, but uh, newborn, he, he was quite good. Um, so tr- trying to, trying to engineer how your go, how your life is going to be with a newborn baby mm. is, is, is difficult. I mean, it was a useful exercise in, in me. It gave me something to think about going into parenthood, but actually when, when Arlo was here, I mean, you just you just can't. It's it's all down to them. They decide when they want feeding. They decide. Uh, I think uh, either the second or third night um, that he was home, he, he was in hospital for a few days because my partner had an emergency C-section. So it was a few days in, until I could bring them home. Uh, one night he slept pretty well, and then the next night he just would not settle. And I think I was up most of the night. And there's just no rule book for that. You you just mm. you can't. No amount of preparation can can um. And sort of get, get you ready for that it, it, they can't yeah um so I, again i always fall back to just trying to get through the day so certainly in in the early days of parenthood when when he was a newborn just just focus on the day because an, another cliche that you will hear a million times but it, it's a cliche for a reason it's true uh, everyone says oh everything's a phase everything's a phase everything's a phase it's just a phase they'll get yeah but it, it, that is helpful to think about when you go through some of the more challenging periods of parenthood, mm-hmm. I think, because if the baby's not sleeping for a while or they're colicky or, or whatever, fill in the blank, it nine times out of 10, it is a phase. Sometimes they last longer than others. But I think if you're struggling mentally and you're not feeling great, that it's not a bad uh, area to, f- to focus on to try and think it will pass. It might help you get through some of the more challenging times. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, always talk, always talk. Um, something, something else. I was asked to write some content for a, a, a company about uh, sleep and like how to how to sleep with, with a newborn baby. And one of the things that in my research and I was reflecting on is 
again going back to our conversation about like what the role of a dad is is to, in today's world i th- i think what's happened is because technology and the way culture is it sort of cemented us all over the world and you don't have that you don't have that family unit that you have 20 30 40 years ago where all your extended family are in the area and you could rely on them to help uh, with with childcare and i use the quote the, the african proverb it, it takes a village to, to, to raise a, a child I don't think we have that a lot particularly in the UK everyone's sort of everyone's going it alone I think people feel um they, they feel it, it's challenging for them to ask for help for other people yeah. I think that's a big thing I think that's a huge thing actually I think that's probably worth underscoring um parents they think if they've got to rely on on babysitters or their mum and dad they actually they actually think they're failing at what they're supposed to do but they don't realize that this structure that we've created for ourselves it's, it's very new in terms of since you know dawn of man if you, if you think we were hunter gatherers for the majority of our existence and then agriculture the, the period we find ourselves in like the technology age it's it's in if you look at the entire human existence it's a blink of an eye and then we've got this here so it's very easy to forget what what the sort of family structures were like you know only one generation to a couple, couple of decades ago and i think it's worth thinking of what it was like and, and then actually revisiting some of those uh those sort of whatever whatever systems they had in place mm. to help look after children yeah um so yeah ask you know you're not you're not a terrible terrible parent if mum and dad come over and just give you a couple of hours so you can get some sleep you, you want to leverage anything you have available to you to try and make your lives easier it's in the best interest in your children to be the best shape you can be in um so it, it's you, you you know you have an obligation to try and look after yourself as much as possible and sometimes that that means asking for help and you shouldn't look in the mirror and see weakness staring back at you if you do that because it's, it's not at all um there's a few thoughts there. I, uh, thank you for sharing this because I was just going to ask about how can you take care of yourselves as parents or as a dad because self-care for men is also not so common. Um, and asking for help could be one of the best things to do to take care of yourself. Um, that's what I believe. So if we were to write, let's say, two lists, two very small lists of what not to do as a new dad and what to do as a new dad. How could you put it into a list or a brief? Well, I guess, I guess with, so I've, I've got, I've got a few tips to, um, for the, the pro, what, what I would recommend new dads to do. Um, so I've got, okay. I've got four, four points. So we'll give them and then we'll, t- we'll, we'll speak to what not to do. One, uh, I know I keep mentioning journaling, um, and I know I publish my journals, but writing to your children, I think, is valuable, really, really valuable. No one has to see what you've wrote. You don't have to show anyone at all. It can just be for you. But I think it's really valuable for a couple of reasons. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, it forces you to reflect on your on your decisions, on, on everything about you. So if you're writing to your child about what's going on in your life, it will help it will help you navigate through sort of the emotional uncertainty of, of your situation that's what i think mm-hmm. if you're having a rough day write it down, write it down. Um, find I out why. It every single day and it, it is a game changer i wish a lot of people would do that 
yeah it, it's it's really powerful really powerful so yeah. I'd, I'd encourage everyone to try and do it you start with just a few bullet points you, you don't have to write pages just write how your day was just write what's on your mind that's that's a question i ask myself what's what's been on your mind today yeah. and it will naturally come out and then you can identify and then you could maybe work on it so that that's something i would encourage all new parents to do uh, number two is something we've alluded to and this will depend on uh, individual circumstances and finances and, and lots of variables like that but if if you can try and take as much time off as you can at the start in the uk typically and i think in the us as well you you get you get a couple of weeks off and then it's back to work and if i think back to what where i was mentally after the first couple of weeks well we were still having you know visitors were still pouring through our doors every day um we hadn't even begun to think about settling as a family unit um so that that if, if you if you're in a position to take longer off i was able to, i was lucky enough to take four months and that was just a godsend that was absolutely beautiful for me i, I got four months at home with, with with bonding with my son That's i would never have changed that and, and if i can if we're lucky to have any more children i would look to repeat the formula definitely so that that's that's another piece of um, advice well here they then, don't here, here parents or dads they do not take time off only women yeah it's again it's yeah, i suppose different different cultures different okay. uh, different periods of, of time but i, I see I, I find that really hard to reconcile now given my experiences that i've just had and given how much i really threw myself in into sort of being hands-on um yeah I, I find that difficult difficult to hear but but it's it's like that for a, a lot of places in the world um it, hopefully things will change um but it, it these things are, are not an overnight process are they um yeah god mums are they really are super stuff they are I've, i've got a lot more respect for for mums that look after the baby all by themselves because that's, the that's the thing um before you go on with your list i just want to highlight that mothers are so powerful and they are superheroes uh this is not to say otherwise but also dads I believe they should be given the attention and the care to tell him at least what's what should he expect mentally and emotionally and physically and socially. And no one tells him that. No one goes to a dad and tell him, hey, if you're sleep deprived, how can I help or how can I support? Uh, are you okay with changing diapers? Are you okay with the baby crying all night? Are you okay with not being uh, with your wife, let's say all the time? Are you okay? No one asks the father that. All they focus on is maybe the dad not being so helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I remember when, when, whenever someone would ask me, what are you, what are you most worried about? And I'd say lack of sleep. And quite often the response I'd get was, yeah, but you're not even giving birth. And I'd be like, well, no, I'm not. That's, that's true. I, I know that much about childbirth, but it, sometimes it felt difficult to be able to have, particularly with, with sort of the women in my office, it, it would often be challenging to have that type of conversation. And so I can, I can see why men feel like they, they, you know, they're reluctant to open up about certain things if, if that is the response they, they can make. Um, but ho- hopefully, I, I think with with sort of more awareness and focus on on like you say on, on dads, hopefully we can sort of try and encourage them to speak up a lot more. And men are, are generally bad at talking about their mental health, um, regardless of their parents or just in any sort of scenario. But hopefully, it it, it it's on it's there's starting to be a bit of a trajectory to move, yeah, move that forwards. Yeah. Um, 
obviously with, with, with the work you, you, you do, um, your, your show is, is a good example of that. And hopefully they'll, they'll you know, they'll be continue to be more, more like it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did find it tough. Um, again, another reason why journaling helped me personally, it might not work for everyone. Um, but it, I, I could put whatever I wanted in a journal. I can, if I'm, if I'm want to write that, I'm, looking, I'm not looking forward to lack of sleep. I can write that. It, it's my journal. It's, it's for me, it's my space. I can put whatever in uh, another useful argument as to to sort of try and encourage people to write stuff down oh, i'm going back to my my list with uh, uh this i've got number yeah number number three this this one this one really shocked me it's it's going to sound so obvious when i say it but for, for any expectant parents out there you be, be prepared to take the reins as soon as your baby is here now i know that sounds obvious but if you've just watched your partner go through labor you, you will be a mess you would not have come back down to earth yet and so when the midwife then says would you like to get the baby ready that's a tough one to that that will knock you for six as it did me um so that that's another tip is is just before labor kicks off before before you start your adventures of parenthood just have that in the back of your mind be prepared that as soon as your baby is here that's it you're 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 a dad and um you're responsible for keeping keeping your baby alive um yeah i'll never forget when when i was given the, the baby bag and i just thought oh it's so silly of course i spent nine months writing a book about becoming yeah. a, a dad and then my baby was here, was and, here and you can see him yeah and then it was like <laughs> oh, oh come on and you it's time to go and i just, I just didn't i because because of uh, the late my partner was where well, it was it was a long labor for her, bless her so it was there was sort of contending with with the long labor um and i just had to, forgot that I, I then had to start being a dad i guess um so that, there's another advice and then the, the final thing i've got on my point my list is tr try and take time out of your day to enjoy the knowledge that you are a dad because what will happen i think i think yeah i mean trying to take time out on any day to be present is something that is is, is difficult to do something that you, you, you need to practice at yeah. but Aaron, the, the early days when you when you've got the baby at home it will it goes so incredibly quickly and there's so much to do you're trying to get to grips with keeping a small human being alive you're trying to get to grips with all, all the new systems that you've got to put in place all the new chores like babies are small but boy do they they get through a lot of washing and, and things like that and it just goes at a billion miles an hour um mm. and before you know it you, you, you it'll be a month would have passed and then two months will pass yeah. um something for me that i didn't realize that would pass so quick is um skin to skin cuddles like that that's a that's a wonderful thing to do when when you've got your newborn good way for dads to bond with the baby um but it it felt like i blinked and then he, he was up running around he, he didn't want skin to skin cuddles anymore um so to so try and try and take some time each day just to appreciate that you you are a dad um what's happened what you've got in your life and and because it, it you chat you will notice the changes happen every single day mm -hmm. um so you've got to take that time to just sort of otherwise it will just fly by before before yeah those those are the four I things I, i'd encourage can i add one thing to your list yes please do so it's very common to see that moms whether they are new moms or you know uh experienced moms they have these support groups. You can see them on Facebook, just for moms. You can see them on WhatsApp groups, just for moms. Um, they create this safe and 
supportive circle where moms support one another, whether it was about what, what do I do when my baby cries? What do I do when my baby doesn't sleep? What do I do when my, uh, my kid gets his first tooth? They support one another. We should have that for, for dads. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good, I've, yeah, that, that's absolutely essential, really. Um, in, in the UK, it's quite common, uh, they call it NCT, which is, uh, it's, it's basically like a, a, a group that mm. uh, couples can go to and they, they'll put the couples together that are expecting the babies around the similar time. So you can forge sort of friendships and things like that. And, and sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll branch off. So, so the mums will, will form their own group um, for the mums group and then the dads will, will do that for their group. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, definitely do something like that. Maybe you've got other friends who are dads. Maybe you could form a little WhatsApp group there. Um, yeah, great advice. I definitely, definitely second that. <laughs> Thank you. What about the second list? What not to do as a new dad? Cool. There's... Um, probably a million million things to do okay let's, let's... <laughs> um well one don't panic try, try not to panic it's it's so tough when you every every time you, you, you there's so many new situations to get your he heads around but yeah definitely try not to panic if, if you can't um it, it's easier said than done uh, one of my ones where i try not to panic but did was when we were introducing solid foods um, and so you've got a risk of choking. I hated that stage. I abs I it would uh, you know a twenty minute meal time would to me would be like running four marathons backwards wearing a suit oh. of armor. It was, it was horrible. Um, so you, you try not to panic. You never I mean, hear such stories from dads. Like, uh, the, I have a lot of friends who are married, but I they would never share such stories with me. We just put our kids in bed, and yeah, they're fine. They went to school. Yeah, it's good no one really shares about their struggles as a dad oh no it's it's uh, well, well of course when you, you, there's just no you, as a dad you, you're never clocking mums are never clocking off either because they're they're a mum full time but if you're a dad and you're working as well you're you're either as soon as you get up if you've managed to get through the night with uninterrupted sleep you're 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 dividing your time between working and then coming home and and being dad there's there's no it's very difficult to carve out some time for you, right? Everyone yeah. needs yeah. exactly very, very difficult. So you, you've got no time to sort of reflect and, and just and just chill out, really. Um, you, you don't have that, so it, it does become come difficult. Um, it's yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we, we try and encourage dads not to panic. Um, it it's I, I, it's difficult to say that that's easy to. Put in place again you, you never know what sort of situations you're going to find and um, one one thing that gets commented to me and my partner quite often is that we're quite calm people and it they observe that that may have an impact on the baby i think there's something there. i think they're so intuitive they, they pick up on sort of signals that's why we, we spoke earlier about how important it is uh, to try and make sure your relationship's healthy because it leads to uh, creating a healthy environment and right. kids they whether they yeah. they do right they con consciously or subconsciously pick it up um so i think your temperament is something they'll feed off as well we're naturally calm so i, I wouldn't say that it was a parental decision to make sure we're calm all the time but knowing that our sort of moods has an impact on on sort of the baby is um is worth bearing in mind i think if, if you can 
Um, cause they, they, I mean, they'll test that. They'll stress test that a, a lot. So you'll certainly get a lot of practice. Um, yeah. but, uh, that, yeah, if you, if, if you can try, try and do that is, is something I, I, I would encourage. Um, I, some, something that you, you shouldn't do is, is it's just not, we, we mentioned it about sleep and asking for help, but it's not beating yourself up about admitting that it's going to be hard. I think I think that's this mm. one. I think you, and I I do this. I I'm I'm guilty of this, and and certainly was in the earlier days. You you feel like you you, you can't you can't be annoyed at the baby, and you feel like that if you sh- if you are annoyed at the baby, you're you're a terrible person because they're a baby and they're small and yeah. they're helpless. Mm. Um, and I I think you 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 kind of tell yourself that, but then I thought, well, well, if, what what did you expect if if the baby wakes you up for the third time in the middle of the night? You're not going to be running around excited to pick the baby up and throw them in the air and, and play. You 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 know you're not you're not going to be Fred Flintstone with his his, his uh, twinkle toes running running off. Of course it's going to be hard. <laughs> of course you're going to be tired. Um and you know what you might get uh, and that's okay. That's okay to feel like that. So you're not a terrible person if you just feel the odd bit of resentment now and then. Um your your job is to keep a small human being alive who you know that that is a tough undertaking that's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders so i think you know no that's important. give yourself that permission it is um, it's critical give give you. yourself permission yeah. um to, to be okay not enjoying it 24 7 mm-hmm. when you've got a screaming baby um in in the house because it's not always fun and it's really hard that's very important thank you for for highlighting this you reminded me of my friend my friend recently gave birth to a beautiful handsome boy um and she's doing everything that she can she's doing her best and an amazing job but there was one day when she said to me okay i think i'm this close to having a nervous breakdown but i have to constantly remind myself he's just a boy he doesn't know how to communicate he doesn't know how to tell me what's going on and i have to figure it out but it's driving me insane yeah and that's okay yeah yeah. yeah, so it is. It is very common, but but thank you for acknowledging that. No, it's fine. Tom, thank Any... you so much for being here. Um, I can't even imagine the struggles of being a parent, but I thought it was really an um, insightful episode. It, it definitely, I can know that a lot of parents and new dads would resonate with this, and I wanted to focus on, you know, dad's mental health for a change from a dad's perspective. One thing that I would like to maybe just briefly go through, how can a dad support himself emotionally and his mental health, and at the same time, his wife during pregnancy? During pre- yeah, that's, that's, that's a challenging one as well, because if, if I just take my own situation, I'd be very careful what I say now, because I, I don't, wanna, don't wanna offend any pregnant women out in the world. But if I, if I just take my own situation, because I can say what I, I, I like about there, there's a book about my partner being don't pregnant. Don't worry, so. only dad will be listening to this. <laughs> okay, um, but it so the, when, when of the changes that a woman goes goes through while being pregnant, it, it, there's the cliche hormones things like that. Um, but again, that's cliche for a reason. She, the, living with my partner was quite challenging at times. Um, the road rage she exhibited was just scary, scary, scary stuff at, at times. Um, so you, you, what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying, not only are you trying to get ready for the biggest identity shift you'll ever undergo as a man, but you're also trying to 
get through the pregnancy with your partner who is likely to be quite temperamental at times yeah. um prone to you know getting upset or crying or just verbally attacking you for being in the same room as her you, you go through all those things like that um it, again what, what i tried to do was we've alluded to it early on in the conversation is lots of talking um and I, I just i try to be very mindful of her mood in the room and i try to sort of read the room as it were and then base my behavior on that so sometimes i could tell she didn't want me to talk to her um, and that was fine I, I would just i would just read the room um sometimes she was quite upset and she didn't want to talk but she just wanted to cuddle something as simple as like that so that that would be a bit of advice maybe try try and just try and sort of empathize with the you know the, the amount of hormonal changes your partner will be going through and then try and try and act off that basically yeah i mean it's again it's i feel like it's those we've alluded to those quite a lot in, on this conversation and they're they're simple things but they're they're so important oh, and they're so often important. ignored yeah yeah that's the thing that's the thing is that so i had leon Legotetes on my show and we were talking about kindness so we said that i told him it's so weird and so it it i can't trap my head around the fact that we are living in an age where we still need to remind people of the basics like kindness and compassion Mm -hmm and empathy and talk to each other, listen to each other. I can't wrap my head around it, but it's so true. Yeah, I, I think, um, so, so what, what I do in, in my books, um, I, I did it in Dear Dorian, I've, I've done it in this one, is um, I, wrote, I wrote a letter and uh, I wrote a letter with some of the important lessons that I would like to pass on. And when I was writing the follow-up, Dear Arlo, one of the things I wrote in, in the letter was about lessons that you learn and lessons that you practice. And lessons that you learn could be something like riding a bike or speaking another language, counting to 10, cooking a meal, something like that. You, once you've learned those lessons, you retain it and you can pretty much do it forever. Um, but some lessons you can't learn. Some, some take a, a daily practices like empathy, like kindness, mm-hmm. like parenting, like being a partner. And I, I think those are, are daily reminders to practice at them each day and i think thinking about it in that framework that that really helps me so if i've had a bad day and maybe i've been a bit resentful to my partner i just think well today didn't go right but it's it's something that i'm going to practice each day and every day and what that framework does is it doesn't mean that you're completely immune to feeling resentment or you know to to taking things for granted but what it does mean it, it reduces the chances of that happening yeah. um and, and i think that that's something that i've thought a lot about this year and something that i would tr- certainly i want to pass on to my kids and, and i would recommend it to other people i think that helps well thank you thank you so much and sending a lot of love and light to your wife and son thank you thank you very much thank you for being on the show tom uh Anything else you'd like to add? No, if, if you want to come, if anyone wants to ask me any questions or come and say hello, um, I'm on Instagram, Tom underscore Creffer, uh, Facebook official Tom Creffer, um, or you can just we'll search. We'll add them next to the, um, in the description. We'll add all of them. Oh, brilliant. Oh, cool. In that case, yeah, just come come and say hi. Um, and if you are an expecting parent, 
um best best of luck you're in you're in for a wild ride thank you thank you Anthony. thank you